Welcome back, everybody, to Word of Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Miranda, here with my beloved wife, Mary Ray. Hi, everyone. We have a bonus episode. Bonus. Bonus. bonus episode. Episode. Yes. Ephesians 6. Yeah. Armor of God. Yes. The finale. Bonus episode. Our weapon. Amen. Oh, I know a lot of you guys are like, what are you talking about bonus episode? This is what? What? I don't understand some, bonus. Some realize that it is the armor. Some do. And some do not. Some of us believe that when we talk about the armor of God, that we're talking about the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shotting of our feet, the picking up of the shield, the picking up of the sword and the donning of the helmet. But we seem to forget there's one more thing. Yes. Prayer. Yes. Why don't you lead us in prayer, my dear? Okay. Oh, Father God, thank you so much for this wonderful time that we get to come together to hear what you have to say to us. I thank you, Lord, that you are the one who put all of this in writing for us to come to know who you are, to hear you, to seek you, to come to love you unlike anything we've ever known possible because of your love for us. As your word says, you loved us first. So thank you for your love and thank you that we get to reciprocate. I pray, God, that you anoint your word as it goes forward. We glorify and magnify the name above all names. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. So, guys, we're going to pick this up. We're in Ephesians chapter 6. If you're just joining us, um, we highly suggest going back a few episodes. Um, go back and start from the beginning of uh, the belt of truth and work your way through the progression of this armor. And, and here, he is our armor. He is. That was like the first major revelation that Mary dropped out there, right? Yeah. Could yeah. You, would you like to elaborate a little bit on that, about how Jesus is the armor? Okay, so he is our armor. He is the belt of truth because he is truth. He is our breastplate of righteousness because he is our righteousness. He is our feet shotted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace is Jesus. He's the prince of peace. The gospel is all about Jesus. His word is a lamp unto our feet, <laughs> and he is our shield of faith. He is our protector, and our faith is in Christ Jesus. We have the helmet of salvation. Salvation is his name. It is only by the power of him that we have the ability to have a helmet of salvation where we're able to take every thought captive and make it obedient to him. And then we have the word, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so therefore, <laughs> He is our armor. And this new one is prayer. Amen. So we're going to pick up in, in Ephesians 6, 17 and continue on through 18. And it's, Paul writes, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and the supplication for all the saints. Yes. So why do you believe that prayer is like the vital weapon of our warfare? Well, if you look at the armor, almost all of it is a defensive situation, even the sword. You, you use it to defend. You block, you know, outside yeah. of piercing, you can block. Mm -hmm. Prayer 
Prayer is the thing that moves. It moves the hand of God. It is our connection with the Father. It is our connection that makes the armor powerful. Amen. Because, well, let's just look at a lamp. You can't get anything out of it if you don't plug it in. Amen. It's It's our plug-in. Praying is what connects us. It's what's going to give us the strength to walk out in the armor. It's going to be what gives us the strength to wield the sword. It's going to be the thing that allows us to understand that we are being hit and we have to put up that shield. It is the power. It is the connection to the power. Amen. That's 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 the key. That's the key. Prayer is what brings us into that place of communion with God. Yes. And we read in in John 17, where Jesus Mm. says, and this is eternal life that they may know you. Well, how are we going to get to know him without the word and prayer? Right. I think it might've been Dan Muller. I could be wrong, but he says, I love this part in the Bible. When the disciples came up to Jesus and said, Hey, Jesus, uh, teach us how to heal people. Oh, wait. No, they didn't do that. Uh, Jesus, <laughs> teach us how to cast out demons. Oh, yeah, wait. they didn't do that either. They didn't, they didn't ask him. <laughs> oh, that's right. They said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Yeah. We see it in Luke and we see it in Matthew. In Matthew. Okay. So there, you know, you can read both of them. Okay. Um, let me go to Luke 11. Okay. Um, Luke 11, 1. Now it came to pass as he, Jesus, get this, what was he doing? Praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples came, said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Mm. I love that part. Right? Yeah. And he continues on. So he said to them, when you pray, say, and he goes to what they, we consider the model prayer or the, the Lord's prayer, which is really guys, it, it's more of an outline. Well, they of what call it the Lord's prayer because he's the one who said it on, on how to do so. Yeah. In Matthew's account in verse, in chapter six, um, I love how Jesus says this because listen to what he says, guys. In six, Matthew six, uh, verse five, and we're going to carry on. In verse five, it says, Jesus says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So what's Jesus saying? Don't be like these hypocrites because they're trying to pray. Yeah, they're trying to be noticed. Yeah. See me. So that is not the reason for us to pray, right? Right. It's not for us to be seen, be on the street corner praying for people just to be seen. Exactly. Because if you are, then you're already getting what you want. You're getting recognition from man and not from God. Yes. In verse six, he says, again, but when you pray. Not if. Go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who sees in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And it's the time spent in prayer then becomes manifest in one's life. Would you agree? Yes. So I've been to Pakistan twice. You've been there with me on the first trip. Mm -hmm. And the second time I went, before I went, I was in prayer and fasting every Monday. Mm Mm-hmm. Three months, long like time, four, three or four months, something yeah. like that. Not to, I'm not trying to boast. I'm not trying to say anything. There was an effect that happened 
from that. When I got there, we did a grand opening for this church that we helped uh, construct. And um, the president of the Rama Bible College in Lahore, Pakistan, came up to me and said, there is a greater anointing upon you than last time you were here. Which had only been about six months. Yeah, it was not long. It was from October to April. Right. And ladies and gentlemen, this is only because of prayer. Mm -hmm. So Jesus shows us not only what a prayer looks like, he models this for us. Yeah. Don't don't go into your prayer closet and, and, and just say the Lord's Prayer. Right. Grow. I'm going to encourage you to grow. Break each piece down and recognize you're speaking to your father. Yeah. The one you came forth from. Recognize he's hollowed. He's ha- he's holy. holy. His name is holy. And we want his will, not ours, to come and be manifest here on the earth, right? Yeah. As in heaven. As in heaven. And when we come to him, we're asking, God, give us our bread. Remember, we talked in an earlier episode when Jesus said, I have bread you don't know of. Right. I'm the bread that came down from heaven. Feast upon me. So give us our daily bread, God. We need you. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. God's not going to lead us into temptations. He's going to deliver us from temptations. He's going to walk with us through temptations. Yes. Because in those times of trials and temptation is when we grow. Yep. Right. And. You know, just go through each piece and and expound upon it. Let the Holy Spirit speak through you. And don't forget about forgiveness. <laughs> With if you have unforgiveness in you, you are effectively throwing your prayers at a wall and watching them hit the floor. Yeah. They won't make it through the ceiling. But with that, let's go to James. Okay. Chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 16 16? through 18. You got that handy? I do. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So in Mark 1, verse 35, it says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before the daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Talking about Jesus. Yes. This is an, a, a, a model of what we're supposed to have as a life. Yeah. I don't have time to pray. I got too much stuff going on in my life. You don't understand. I I, I got to do this. I got the kids. I got school. I got work. I got blah. I got to guess. You need to find time in your day to set aside a moment, hopefully more than 10 minutes, to pray. Let the water in the shower go cold. Get up a half hour earlier. Force yourself. This is a sacrifice unto God. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. There was a season I was getting up at 4 a.m. every day just to pray. What was that? The psalm. Um, It was Psalm 141, 1 and 2. Yep. Lord, I cry out to you. Make haste to me. Give ear to my voice when I cry out to you. Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. As the evening sacrifice. Yeah. Lifting up my hands as the evening sacrifice. My hands lifted to you. Yes. And prayer. Is my sacrifice. Yes. 
I want to encourage you guys to pray more than you ever prayed before. Now, when we see the world darkening, we need to become a brighter light. We need to get that oil. Yes. That's kind of been a thing at our church. Get oil. Like the the five virgins that were wise brought more oil. The ones who weren't wise couldn't make it throughout the evening waiting. Yeah. So they had to go get oil and they missed it when Jesus came. You don't want to miss it. Mm -hmm. I want to share real quick from the book of Jude. Um, In Jude verse 20, but you beloved building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy spirit, Mm -hmm. keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Mm. This is pinnacle. We need to be praying in the spirit. Paul writes and praying constantly mm-hmm. in the spirit. Let me say for starters, praying in the spirit does not necessarily mean praying in a tongue. Praying in the spirit means connected with God and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us that we may pray in agreement with the Lord. We pray without ceasing. We always ought to pray and not lose heart. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for each other, lifting each other up and whatever God brings to our heart and mind to pray for. That's what praying in the spirit looks like to me. Praying in the spirit means I am in agreement with God by the power of his Holy Spirit to pray what he has placed on my heart. I mean, here's Paul. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy. That's Philippians 1, 3, and 4. If you'll notice a lot of times in his, his epistles, what we hear is, I give thanks. Here it is in First Thessalonians 1, 2, and 3. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. I mean, in Colossians, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving, meanwhile praying also for us. In other words, praying for one another. And that is something that God wants us to do. Why? Because he says, you are. They will know you by the love you have for one another. And if we're not praying for one another, then we're going to be devouring one another. If we're not lifting each other up and loving each other, even if we don't agree, we pray. And when we pray and we get that breakthrough, we will have a love that only comes from God. That people on the outside go, whoa, I never seen this kind of work together. We may not all come from the same walk in our past, but God can break those walls and he can do it through pray, prayer, excuse me, praying for one another, overcoming all obstacles. When he said you can, the faith of the 
size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. You can say, mountain, move from here to there, and it will. How can you do that? By faith, not just believing that the light's going to flip on because of that kind of faith, but similar. How about the fact that you've been in prayer and you have that connection and you have the power of the Lord residing within you that we as his body work together and quit coming against one another and being able to love one another and work things through in him and love and prayer. When we have things that come against us, we need to grab each other and say, hey, let's pray. Let's pray. Because the only one who can expose all things and reveal all things that we can get rid of ourselves is through prayer with him. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> prayer. Prayer is the connection to our God. Prayer is what keeps us grounded. Prayer is what keeps us centered. Prayer is what keeps us connected to God. And I want to, I don't want to like, I don't want to tarnish anything that you just prayed, anything you just said. Feel free to speak whatever but you've I, got going on. But I, guys, I want you to, if you come away with anything, I want you to come away with this. Jesus prayed more than any man of his day. Yeah. The disciples were amazed at his prayer life. Leonard Ravenhill once said that no man or woman is ever greater than his or her prayer life. If you want to see God move in your life, if you want to see God use you mightily for his kingdom, not for your own prideful purpose, if you want to be activated in your giftings, if you want to see the kingdom of God move, if you want to see lives restored and children and women and men come to faith, none of it's going to happen outside of your prayer closet. Building yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, praying, like my wife said, in alignment with the Spirit is pinnacle. I want to share one more scripture with you guys. In Matthew chapter 26, Jesus and his disciples have just finished their Passover meal. They're off into the garden, and Jesus tells the disciples to wait, and he takes Peter, James, and John and goes a little farther and turns to them and says, wait here and pray. Mm -hmm. And then he goes off, a stone throws farther and falls to his face and cries out and prays. And he came back to the disciples and found them sleeping. This is in Matthew 26, verse 40. And he said to Peter, what, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Your spirit cries out with the Holy Spirit, eager to have communion with God, but your flesh will rise against you and tell you, you need to do this. You need to do that. You have this to do and this to do, and we need to hurry up. Time is running short. You don't have time for this. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I need to use the restroom. Your flesh will give you every excuse 
to not pray. And don't think it's the devil coming against you. It's your flesh and it needs to be crucified with Christ. It needs to be told that the Holy Spirit in you has dominion over your flesh and you are going to obey the spirit and you are going to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth and pray. Amen. This is for your salvation to be worked out in fear and trembling. Yes. Praying for all of the saints. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your leaders. Pray for the worship team. Pray for those who are ushering. Pray for those who are receiving the offering. Pray for those who are cooking. Pray for those who are cleaning. Pray for the guys cleaning out the toilets. Yes. Pray for those in the parking lots. Pray for those out on the streets. Pray for those who are leading your nation. Yes. And pray for your family and pray for your children, pray for your loved ones, but don't forget the important one in your life. Pray for yourself, that you will know him greater today than you have ever known him your whole life, and that he will show you who you are in his eyes, because you don't want to hear Jesus say, what? Could you not watch and pray for one hour? You want to hear, well done my good and faithful servant come and enter into your father's rest amen i'm here to tell you the victories in jesus and as we walk out this thing called life we get to be dressed in jesus and that we then get the victory because our life is eternal <laughs> 